Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me, a show where we are quite literally making a list of 10 things we hate about ourselves. If you're new here, hi, I'm Sam, and one thing I hate about me, we'll keep it short and sweet today, I had Pringles for dinner. Before we get into today's episode, I have something to share from a reviewer who told us one thing they hate about themselves. This was submitted by previous guest, Cassandra Curiasis, and she said, One thing I hate about me is that it's 3pm and I haven't been outside today. And Cassandra, to that I say, who cares? Why do we need to go outside? We're, we're not dogs. We don't need to be walked. I'm just kidding. Um, actually, outside is good. I want you to say that to yourself the next time that you haven't been outside. Just say to yourself, outside is good, and that'll convince you. Go outside and go for a little walk. Okay, I am so tired. I feel like you can hear me losing steam as we speak, so I'm just going to speed through the rest of this. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate us five stars in Apple Podcasts, follow us on Instagram, and tell me one thing you hate about yourself so I can read it on a future episode. I love today's guest. We have been internet friends for several years. Um, Our bands played together back in uh, 2018, and it was one of the best nights of my life. And this episode was just such a joy to record. We talk about Survivor, Slater Kinney. We talk about building online communities. And I fully lose my mind overhearing our guest describe a recent hotel visit. And (laughs) And I go on a full rant about how math isn't real. So, you know, I, whatever, I hope you guys like it. (laughs) I'm so excited to introduce today's guest. She's a writer, musician, and the biggest Survivor fan I've ever met in my life. She writes Survivor recaps for Inside Survivor, and she's a co-host on the Bitter Jurors podcast. Everybody, welcome to the pod, Christine Tallon. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much, Sam. This is so fun. I'm like so excited to be here. When I saw you, I remember seeing on Instagram that you had like started this podcast. And I was like, Sam is the person, perfect person to start a podcast. So I was like so like delighted because you're so funny and so personable. And I'm just gassing you up, but I'm just so excited to be here. That's so nice, Christine. Thank you. And you know, right back at you for all of those things. When I knew that I was going to start this, I knew that you were going to be one of my top picks for a guest <laughs> when I got that email I was like mm, mm, mm. so so excited um because I was like right in the middle of like finishing up my semester I was like this is something nice so nice to look forward to so this is I've been really looking forward to this yeah congratulations on finishing up your semester by the way and getting those papers in thank you yes I am free from the shackles of McGill University <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to jump into our first segment, Roses and Thorns. Rose is the best or most rewarding thing that happened to you this week, and Thorn is the worst or most challenging thing that happened to you this week. Um, I'll share mine first so you can have a second to think about it. My rose was Friday, was a good day. (laughs) I, I had a simple, easy work day, which, you know, can't take that for granted. 
Um, I got to see Laura Stevenson. She's doing like a 10 year anniversary tour for her album Wheel, um, which is one of my favorite albums of all time. So that was it was really nice that I could go see her for that. And the new episode of Yellow Jackets came out, which is like, what more could you ask for in a day? <laughs> awesome. I'm That reminds me, I am behind. I have not watched the new season. I've watched the first season, but not the new season. So now that I'm free from grad school, I'll have to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Do a um, do yourself a favor and just do like a little marathon this week. Because one thing that I've learned is that it's really fun to be like in on the conversation while a TV show is airing. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, because that was like the concept of TV and then we like forgot <laughs> about it. And then now yeah. it's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to have more of that in my life. Um, I couldn't catch up uh, on Succession in time for that. And I kind of regret it. I did. I did see something big happen. Then I do not watch that show. So yeah. I, imagine, <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. If I hated spoilers, I would be like so upset with myself. But I personally love spoilers. So <laughs> you like I love to know what's going on. <laughs> I love to know what's going on. I love to know what's coming. I love to be able to put all the pieces together because otherwise, you know, I miss a lot of stuff. I spend a lot of time on my phone. I'm sorry. I just do. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> um, and then my thorn is I don't like hot weather. And it has been mm. hot and muggy and sticky in Philadelphia this week, which is not my favorite. I mm. love a day where it's like cold and sunny and I can walk around with my sunglasses and my denim jacket. That's the perfect day for me. Yeah. I want that. I don't want 80, 90 degree days. Not to brag, but that was like Montreal. To, to, that's Montreal today. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I feel like I almost called Montreal New England. Um, in, in my mind, like Montreal and New Hampshire are like kind of similar. Um Mm-hmm. definitely like Montreal is closer to New England in terms of weather than Philadelphia but oh totally it's very much like you get like the balance between like the hot and the cold and the sunny and it's either like I don't know I can't spend uh, I can't spend <laughs> several minutes talking about weather but yeah I'm jealous TLDR I'm jealous <laughs> so yeah I guess my rose I mean I mean the obvious one feels is finishing grad school but I'll throw a yeah. last obvious one I did get a gig to dog sit a geriatric chihuahua oh my god and I got to meet her on uh was it Thursday yeah on Thursday I got to meet her and like see where we're because we're gonna stay in the women's apartment it's like my sister's friend from junior high lives here too um like we're both gals who got out of Gilbert Arizona um and she like babysat me when I was a kid and then she has this really old chihuahua um named Vera and uh so my fiance and I are going to get to stay in her super nice apartment in like one of the nicest parts of town and just have like a few like little mini staycations. It's just like two days at a time, like two days next week. Check my Twitter. I will be posting pictures and videos of me and Vera. She likes to be carried around in a bag. I will be like oh the butch in the gosh. plateau in Jean-Mans carrying around my Jerry Chihuahua. I'm going to be putting on like the Twitter notifications for you. Yeah, you sh- as you should. <laughs> And then uh, my thorn, I mean, this is kind of a bummer, but, um, and this is kind of a weekly thorn. I think if you had to ask me every week what my thorn is, I've been for the past over 18 months been living with an undiagnosed, like chronic muscular pain on the left side of my body. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's just like literally every single day is that. 
I'm hopefully making some up roses. Like I, I have some new things I'm trying that like might help with it, but it's just been like navigating that has been really shitty. And this week was just, you know, I got through my week with grad school, finished everything up. Um, you know, it's beautiful out. So I'm really happy, but that's always like a thorn that's always present and I'm still learning to live with and hopefully manage a lot better, but just yeah that's if I had to pick my thorn that's the obvious one for me like every week pretty much yeah I'm so sorry Christine like Mm -hmm. chronic pain is so hard like obviously but but then I also like I know that you like really enjoy being active and then on top of like all of the other things that you like doing that's Mm -hmm. yeah that's a yeah and it's one of the weirdest parts about it is just I feel like people like I mean especially young people like don't know how to talk to people about it Mm -hmm. it's like I've told people in my life about it um but like people just don't know how to respond um you know and all you can do is say exactly what you said it's just like you know I'm 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 sorry you know and um I hope you find you know peace but like you know people like want to just suggest a lot of things and like yeah try yoga and it's like girl you don't think I've tried yoga uh (laughs) drink tea and do yoga (laughs) yeah it's like okay it's all well meaning but it's that's been uh it's been a journey but um I'm hoping that with being done with school I'm gonna hopefully make some more progress with that but sorry to start off with a real like bummer one but no um, I mean it's my that's my life yeah (laughs) Yeah, I um I hope that the the new things that you're trying end up blossoming into a beautiful rose. So we can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Christine, it is time for us to talk about the big question. What is one thing that you don't like about yourself? All right. Um. So this is one you're um people I feel like are who know me are immediately going to be like, why do you hate that about yourself? This is that's a great thing about yourself, but it is like something. When I was talking to my fiance about this and she's like, what are you going to pick? And I said what I was going to pick. She's like, I knew you were going to pick that. And <laughs> you know, I love that about you. But it's, it is true. Um, I get really annoying when I'm excited about something. I find myself like... That is so funny. You know, I've been do- podcasting and doing stuff. And I mean, even when I was doing more like journalism and like inter- interviewing people, I would, whenever I have to go back and listen to recordings of myself. And like, so some people are like, oh, I hate listening to my voice. Mm-hmm. And me, it's less like I hate listening to my voice. It's just like, God, I'm annoying. Like, I just get <laughs> so excited. I talk so much. I talk so loudly. I mean, this is related. My my fiance, she's an opera singer. She's informed me I'm really bad at breathing. Um, oh, my <laughs> like, god, I don't breathe deeply. And so when I get really excited about something, I talk a lot. And then I don't breathe well. And it's like I'm like gasping for air. Um, whenever I listen to a podcast I've done where I'm clearly very excited about it, I'm just like... I wish I was less annoying. I wish I was just could take it down a little bit. I'm just always at 10 when I'm excited about something. And uh-huh. I just wish I could be at like eight because I do feel like I'm sure I'm sure at least some people find that very annoying. <laughs> like I'm like, how do people listen to my podcasts and not get annoyed? Yeah, I podcasting is so weird because like you can obviously edit, but mm-hmm. but you can only edit so much before you start like having to like completely lose like everything you've been working on like lose the like uh what's the word like I guess just lose the material Mm -hmm. one of my first like attempts to record the podcast was with a friend and I edited out like a lot of me talking because I was like I sound so stupid and then by the end of it I was like I Mm -hmm. barely talk in this and it's all the other person (laughs) and it makes her sound like a like a raving lunatic (laughs) in comparison because I'm just like "Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like active listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So loud, talking a lot. 
breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like it's it's not like the way I speak. It's just like the way I get when I'm excited when I speak. Like really, <laughs> I'm like oh god. Yeah, and it's like it's fun to be like in that flow state where you're really excited to talk about something. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like you listen back and you're like I'm cringe. Yeah, I am cringe and I am proud, but I also do hate it. Like I also have like negative self-talk about it. Yeah. Do you see this come to play in like outside of podcasting, like in your like day-to-day life? When we were talking about that, my fiance was like, that's part of why I fell in love with you. It was just like watching you talk. Like we have very different interests. Uh-huh. Like she's like God has a classical music degree like studied opera like when she was in high school she like was super into like renaissance music and like (laughs) early music and stuff and like that's how we share things she gets the same way about like talking about opera uh but like when I'm in like a group setting and someone really gets me going on something (laughs) that's more when I feel like a little more uh self-conscious about it especially like a newer group of people that's something I get really self-conscious about. Like, oh God, do people think I'm annoying? I'm monopolizing the conversation. Like I try not to obviously try to like keep it going, but like I just get so excited and talk a lot. I definitely, my friends with I've met in my graduate program, like are like also like really like gay nerds. Like my, I have a friend of mine, Maya, and we are like the same wavelength. And so I've definitely found people where I don't feel that. Yeah. And like the reason I feel comfortable like being like that on my podcast, like with Sam and Derek, um, when Derek and I, we can, we'll talk about that more later. We did an gay anime podcast. <laughs> like I always felt so comfortable because it's like we're talking about gay anime. Like we're we're legally allowed to do that, talk like this. <laughs> but um, I get just I get self-conscious when I think about other people hearing it, really. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you afraid that like it says anything about you? Like, are you afraid that people not even just like, oh, Christine is annoying, but like, are you? afraid that they're thinking like anything else it's more like the the fear of like oh she's like talks too much she's monopolizing the conversation she's like and I know that's not true because I I think I'm a pretty engaged like co-host and when I'm on other people's podcasts I feel like I'm pretty good at helping the flow of the conversation go at the start of the season of survivor we got to have some like survivor players on and like I know I'm like good at like directing the conversation towards them but yeah it's the fear of like oh she's monopolizing the conversation she's inconsiderate Mm -hmm. uh you know it's the talks too much thing mm-hmm. more that I'm afraid of. And we've, I've never gotten that feedback from anyone who listens to our podcast. Like we've never gotten a review that's like, fuck Christine, she's <laughs> But that's just always a fear I have. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself like, or have you ever found yourself like trying to overcorrect? Yes, definitely. I've definitely like been in like recording like when we were doing one um, a couple months ago with Bitter Jurors with like a, someone who played Survivor and, you know, we're still getting a feel for like, uh, you know, co-hosting with three people at times and a guest. And so like I've noticed like, oh, I just I talked like for like 30 seconds. I'm just like not going to say anything for like 10 minutes. And it's all from that place of like, what if people think I'm annoying and talk too much? And it's not like a natural flow of the conversation. So I've tried to not overcorrect, but I've definitely caught myself being like, I'm just going to be silent. Yeah. (laughs) This is something that I always like try to ask people. Do you get annoyed when other people talk too much? Is that something that you like notice? 
I mean, not really. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I get annoyed when, like, annoying people in my classes have talked too much. <laughs> like, people I already hate. People, it's more like what they're saying. Yeah. Like, and the way they're saying it. Like, this past semester, me and my friends had, a, like, an agreed-upon enemy in one of our classes because they just, like, oh yeah, raised their hand and would talk for so long and say nothing. There's always one. Yeah, you can always tell who wants to talk to hear themselves talk and to sound intelligent. I recognize there's a difference between that and, like, someone who's talking because they have so much passion and it's like pouring out of them and I know that's me <laughs> but I'm afraid people will think I'm the, the the former I guess I'm afraid people will think I'm the person who just loves to hear themselves talk mm-hmm. well and I know you already touched on this but I for one do love this about you <laughs> I know. I like literally so many. I've gotten so, it's it's one of those things I just like have to work through because literally like so many people in my life have told me that is like one of my favorite things about you, and so it feels silly that that is genuinely something I do get self conscious about when I have so much positive feedback. Like my my therapist would be like, Christine, what evidence do you have to support this? <laughs> like you're you're fortune telling. You're reading people's minds, and I'm like, I don't know. Maybe everyone hates me secretly, but it's it's true that it it has made me find a lot of friends and 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 help me like meet new people and yeah and conversations with people and so I'd recognize it's a gift but it's still you know <laughs> what if I'm annoying yeah that is so funny I feel like with my therapist if she asked me like oh what's the evidence that you have for this I would be like what are you talking about there's a recording do you want to hear it <laughs> <laughs> because I uh, I'm difficult in therapy and sometimes resist learning the lesson that she's trying to give to me but that's a whole other story <laughs> Yeah, that's like a whole the whole you do a whole podcast about just like <laughs> what my therapist thinks about me. Ten things my therapist hates about me. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. I would have my therapist on the podcast if she would say yes. I can't imagine that is something. I can't that she imagine. Would do. She knows that I have a podcast because I talk about it constantly. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Christine, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. We're going to move to our next segment called Let's Unpack That. I have a series of questions for you, and you're going to give me some short answers. And if I want you to expand on it, I'll say, let's unpack that. I'm excited for this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. The first question is, what is your hometown and what's one thing you don't like about it? I was born in Mesa, Arizona. It's a suburb of Phoenix that's like right on the border with Gilbert, Arizona. So I'm like kind of like, I would say I'm from Mesa, but like really Mesa Gilbert. So what I hate about it is the suburbs. Have you ever been to the suburbs of Phoenix, Arizona? I have never been, but my brother lives there. So I have been meaning to visit for a while. Okay. So when you go, you will see. So so basically until like the mid nineties, most of the suburbs of Phoenix were just like farmland. Mm-hmm. And then it developed really, really quickly, like 1994, 1995, like to just like suburban sprawl. And it just all looks the same. Every house is brown. Everyone has rocks in their yard except grass because it's Arizona. You have to drive at least 15, 20 minutes to do anything. You cannot walk anywhere. If I wanted to go on a walk and do something when I was like 12 or 13, it was walking 20 minutes to Walgreens. I'm not kidding. That was the only, or walking to the park. There was a park somewhat nearby. Um, You can't tell like the difference between going from Mesa to Gilbert, (laughs) like, it's just, it looks exactly the same. It's just Mormon ch- uh, church on every corner, Walgreens, Starbucks. That's it. Yeah. One one thing about me 
that I every time I talk about this, I feel like I am like exposing something creepy about myself. But I love to look up people's addresses on Google Maps and like look at what their house looks like and then like drive around on the street. I can give you my childhood house house address if you would like to see it. I really would. Okay. Just so I can, you know, put the, put the binoculars on it and go for a little drive, go take the route to Walgreens. <laughs> Um, I would love actually to, for you to do that report back because you will see exactly what I mean. Yeah, I've done it with my my brother's house um, out there and it really does all look the same and all kind of follow the same basic format of like Arizona house. <laughs> well, my parents now, they live, um, they don't live in the suburbs of Phoenix anymore. They live in the mountains in like the mid uh, we call it the rim country it's like so like this in between uh phoenix and flagstaff like kind of like mid mountain range it's not super cold but like it's more in the mountains and that's i just like that for different reasons because like the middle of nowhere but it's at least got like character in a way mm-hmm. that just i could never people ask me oh you're from arizona would you ever go back it's like no like and this woman I was hanging out with, we were just like trying to explain the concept of that part of Arizona to my fiance. And it's just like so hard to describe. But if you go on Google Maps, you'll see exactly what I mean. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. <laughs> All right. What is one word that describes what you were like in college? <laughs> <laughs> busy. Busy. That's a good one. That's that's healthy to be a busy college student. Well, maybe. <laughs> I was incredibly busy. Like, like not even just that much with school, but like I just was had when I think about to like how many things I was doing in college, it like at the same time and like somewhat able to like succeed in those things. I'm like, I don't know how I did that. Yeah, especially like now when as an adult where you're just like, I just want to lie down. Exactly. I'm like, God, how the fuck did I do that? I just like want to go night night. <laughs> I want to go night night. Um, okay. If there was a zombie apocalypse, what would be your fatal flaw? <sighs> I would say this is tough because I want to say it's that it's my anxiety that I think I would just like crumble in the face of that. But I'm also I am good in like a genuine crisis. So I don't like when something actually is going wrong, like when Montreal didn't have power for four days last weekend. Oh, my God. I was like we were I was like, OK, baby, this is where we're going we're to go to hardware store. We're gonna get some flashlights where you get some candles. But um, so I don't think it's quite that. Um, I just like comfort too much. I just think I would not like it. Would it's not so much like any one thing. I just think I would mentally and emotionally not do well. Like I like my little snacks. I like my little like cozy like situation. I just think I would not be very resilient because of that. Me freaking too. Um, <laughs> okay, you brought something up, and I'm gonna say let's unpack that. <laughs> the power outage. It sounded. <laughs> crazy from like from hearing you like talk about it on twitter what happened how how long did you not have power okay so montreal i did i had did not have power so it was last week wednesday at 5 30 p.m we got it back sometime between saturday and sunday night there was a huge ice storm and I just think because it was April and we had had a really nice day before the two days before everyone was like, oh, it's just going to be like a little bit of freezing rain and a little clear up. And then my my fiance went out that morning for a rehearsal and they came back and was like, no, like it's like nuts. Like she's Canadian. She's like, I've never seen anything like this. Um, and I was like, all right, like whatever. And then it went out. And yeah, it was like so like a bunch of just 
trees like fell on all the power lines because they were like way so weighted down with ice they just like collapsed and like fell on power lines and fell on people's houses people's cars a few days ago i saw someone's car with a busted open window still our neighborhood where we live i will not say what part of montreal i live in not to dox myself but like we just have a lot of trees in uh around us not even just our immediate neighborhood but in some of the parts around us Mm -hmm. and so we got hit particularly bad um and uh like there's still trees everywhere (laughs) like they've not been able to clean up everything um and yet so it was fine the first couple nights and then it got super cold again and uh we ended up just like getting a hotel downtown uh for one night and it was fine but it really sucked it was crazy. And like, truly, I've been talking to people like it's been a great conversation starter when I go to the Dep uh-huh. uh, in Quebec. You call like a corner store the the Depener, um, the Dep. It means the troubleshooter. Okay, love that. Yeah, I I, I, I never knew what it's for because it's like I that's not a word you speak frequently in French. And I was like, why do we call it? Why the fuck is it called a Depener? And that's what it <laughs> uh, but I went to the Dep and I was like, saw so that power outage was crazy. Now people like who lived there 15, 20 years like never see anything like that. Um, so did live through a historic power outage in Montreal. Wow. So Quebec is really busted. <laughs> like bureaucratically really busted and uh-huh. like, infrastructurally super busted. <laughs> this is obviously like a lot of like difficult stuff was going on. And especially like, because you were like working on like your last week of school, but did you have fun at the hotel? I love a hotel. Oh, we did. <laughs> Honestly, like I told my therapist this. I was like, the, the power outage was in some way like kind of a blessing because I am genuinely like good in a crisis. And the thing I, like that's challenging about myself is I get really, really anxious and catastrophize like little smaller things. And so like school, yeah. like and just these papers, like in the grand scheme of things, I knew it was going to get done, but I was really anxious about them. But then when this power outage started, it was like I had something to like distract my anxiety towards and I just like got everything done, um, which was great. But then the hotel was very nice. And we went in the hot tub, like there's a really big shower, king size bed. I watched, there's the TV with cable. So I just watched Friends. Oh my God, no, no. When I got into the hotel, I went and got Burger King. <sighs> I got my Beyond Meat burger and my mozzarella sticks. Came back to the hotel, turned on the TV. Paddington was on the TV. It had just started. <sighs> Oh my god this is my dream day 10 minutes in paddington i like was like here we go got in the king size bed and i watched like 10 episodes of friends after because uh, that was just what was on <laughs> and breakfast in bed the next morning yeah it was a good good deal that's amazing you deserved that <laughs> <laughs> no we did we did it was amazing <laughs> i went to new york with my mom back in october and i picked out margaritaville for us to stay in which (laughs) it was fun but i didn't um i i could have planned a little bit better i think but um there was one night where we got a the cheeseburger in paradise of course oh the titular (laughs) and we brought it back up to our room ate our burger and fries in front of the tv with the ac on the ac in october which is like mm, that's luxury mm-hmm. and we were just watching like hotel transylvania or something <laughs> and i remember just like laying in bed watching the hotel transylvania belly full of burger and just being like this is the best thing that i could have asked for i love being in a hotel room like this is peace yeah this is peace yeah, I hadn't been in a hotel room in so long. And I was like, wow, this is luxury. And it was a nice hotel. Um, and so, yeah, that ended up being, you know, we lost some food in the fridge, but mm-hmm. we not that much. No damage to our building, our apartment. We were okay in good health. 
we got an, a nice night in a hotel. I finished my papers. You know, in the grand scheme of things, we got through it. And it'll be, we're always going to remember that, <laughs> even though it was very inconvenient at the time. Very happy to hear all of that. <laughs> all right. Christine, do you have a weird hidden talent? Oh, God. Not everybody does, so it's okay if you don't. I really don't think I do. I, I mean, maybe like, I guess, I mean, it's not weird, but like it's, it would be hidden to people who don't interact with me in this way. But like, I do speak French very well with an accent that like makes it hard to tell where I'm from. Like I do get, um, when I'm in Montreal, I, people think I'm from France, which is really crazy. So I guess that's a weird town. It's a weird, it's not so hidden, mm -hmm. but it might be a bit unexpected. People, it's always really unexpected here because people always assume I'm Canadian. Would it like, or like, oh, you're, you can't be Canadian or American because you don't have like a really obvious Anglophone accent. And so when I do tell people I'm, I'm American, like I, like I goop and gag the girls everywhere I go. Like <laughs> the depot owner down the street was like, well, you're from France, right? I'm like, no. And he was just like so baffled. So I guess that would be it. Like that's one that like I really can surprise people. And it makes me wonder how many times I've, got, I've gotten through situations where people totally thought I was French. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm a little out of practice, my American accent comes through. But uh, that's, I guess, my one thing. I love that answer. Um, have you... Okay, I'm going to say let's unpack that for this one, too. Mm -hmm, yeah. Okay, how long have you been speaking French? And also, have you, like, have you been to France or, like, done any sort of study abroad or living there? Yeah, so this is a bit of a story. So when I, I did grow up in Arizona, but when I was 14, my dad got a, a opportunity to transfer to Geneva, Switzerland, which is in the Francophone part of Switzerland. People might not know, Switzerland has four official languages, German, French, Italian, and Romanche. Um, so I lived in the French part and I lived there for two years. So that's where I, I started learning French. I went to an English speaking school because I did not speak French well enough to be, and I was too old to be thrown in. When you're like four, you can get thrown into French school and you'll learn it. But, um, so I went to an international school, which was a crazy experience in itself. But, um, I, so I started learning there and then, uh, came back, finished high school in Illinois. My dad got transferred there. And then, um, I kept doing, I did like AP French my undergraduate degree, I did a like a double major in French literature and global studies at the University of Illinois. And I did a year in uh, an academic year in Paris, studying at Sciences Po, which is a French uh, political science university. Emmanuel Macron went there. Um, <laughs> boo. But <laughs> like pretty much like every like French president went there. It was a very also very interesting experience because everyone there was super like, I'm going to be a politician. And I was just like, I'm gay. <laughs> I'd like to speak French. And so I lived with like a French host family. They didn't speak like a word of English. I was able to take some a couple classes in English, but I was taking like French like politics classes with French people in French. So that was like really where my French got super, super good. And then, yeah, my fiance is English, English speaking. We speak English together. I have like lots of Anglophone friends, but like when I go to the coffee shop, when I get groceries, I always speak French to people and can like have small talk with people. So that was, that's my French story. Um, but I had to get a really good accent when I lived in Switzerland because everyone in Switzerland wants to practice English. And so I had to get really good first at the accent to hide I was American um, so I could practice French. And so that's what I credit more with my accent being better. Cause I learned, I had really had to master that first to be able to like practice anything. That is a, that's an amazing story. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what years were you doing your study abroad? I was in Paris. So this was in, during the time of the Slater Kinney meme group. Okay. I was going to say this is starting to sound more familiar. 
Yeah. So this was in, um, I was in Paris from October 20, excuse me, August 2016 to May 2017. Cool. So, yeah. And this is an aside, but I am going to have you talk about the Slater Kinney meme group later. <laughs> oh, I figured. I figured. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question in the segment. What is the last thing you spiraled over? Oh, God. The last thing I spiraled over. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> um, which, where? I'm like, okay, that was Monday. That was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, for <laughs> me, it's like, which which one do I want to talk about first? <laughs> I would say, I think the last thing I spiraled over was maybe my, like, my, my last assignment that was due on... Mm-hmm. Did I spiral more? No, I spiraled more over my fucking midterm. I had an awful data mining midterm where I had to do a bunch of math and it was so fucking hard and it was like awful. And there's like one of those exams where you open it and it's like the you just look at all the questions and you're like, okay, we're going to be writing a bunch of bullshit. Like I truly can't even begin to answer some of these questions. I would say at least 30 minutes of the two hours I spent doing that exam were spent me being like trying to count. Oh my God. Okay. So if I get this grade, will I be able to pass the class and will I be able to graduate? (laughs) Yeah. Math makes me spiral too. That's a relatable answer. That's (laughs) fucked up. I had to have a calculator. I had to use the log function. I had to like do so much math. It was cruel and unusual. (sighs) Yeah. I couldn't even tell you what the log function does. Honestly, like math and science, I I know that they're important. I, you know, <laughs> believe scientists, whatever. But the more that I think about math and science, the more that I'm like, this is made up. No, it's like, where did None they... of this is real. <laughs> like this equation we had to do, like recalculating entropy in a data set, like it looks, who, like, come on, some guy made this up and we decided that was how you did it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, or like I don't get it. I think about like Goodwill Hunting or like like something <laughs> like that, where I'm like, "What do you mean he figured out the equation? What? You, yeah, like what do you mean there's math that people can't figure out? What? <laughs> <laughs> like what's the point of it if you can't figure it out? Yeah, or like yeah, what does the math even mean? Why do we care? if nobody's able <laughs> to figure this care? out? Why do we, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, the mathematicians are gonna come for you in the comments. I would love to have a mathematician on the podcast to explain <laughs> to explain <laughs> math to me. Ten things I hate about math. That'll be the next podcast. Okay, that'd be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that very relatable answer, Christine. <laughs> All right. So I have to ask you, Survivor. Good Lord. <laughs> what is your story with Survivor? Like, to start, how long have you been a Survivor fan? Yeah. And so for context, for the, if because pe- there are people who exist who do not know what Survivor is somehow. Um, that is true. That is true. Yeah. Survivor is a reality TV a competition program that started in the year 2000. It's still going. We are on season 44 and there's two seasons a year. That's how the math's out. Everyone's like, it's been on for 44 years. It's like, no, (laughs) it hasn't. Jeff isn't that old. Um, So yeah, Survivor started in 2000. My mom and dad were like, watched the first season as it aired. And so my mom was a day, what you call like a day one Survivor fan. So yeah, Survivor Pearl Islands was the seventh season. So I would have been like seven years old, I think. That was the first season. I think my mom was like, okay, you're old enough now. And it was pirate themed. Um, <laughs> and so it was like a little more like fun. And I remember I just have like a really distinct memory of watching the, the premiere 
of Survivor Pearl Islands. Um, there's a guy named Rupert on it. Every child who grew up, like someone, anyone who was a child when in this during this era of Survivor, loved Rupert. Rupert was like the biggest character on that season and one of the biggest characters to date. They had to like barter in this like town. They've never done anything like this since. And he like stole the other tribe's shoes as part of that. And that just like stuck with me so much. I love that season so much. And it hooked me as I watched season seven and up until season 20 live with my mom every season. We would watch it every week religiously. I love that. I I did a similar thing with my mom. Yeah? Yeah. For which show? Um, First, I want to say I just looked up Survivor Rupert and I'm like, (laughs) I remember this face. Yes. No, he was everywhere. He ran for the governor of Indiana. He ran against Mike Pence for governor of Indiana as a libertarian. Oh, my God. My mouth is agape. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, he was absolutely everywhere. Wow. I don't remember the the seasons that I watched with my mom. I think maybe Micronesia was one. Mm, Okay, yeah. That mm, Micronesia, it was like, is like peak survivor really like it was after the like end of the kind of the initial golden age like it was really after all stars where you kind of like see like okay it's less of like this like major cultural like product that everyone in america is watching but it micronesia was like kind of a second peak of that of like just incredible tv and that's a season i remember so distinctly yeah sorry that was that was an aside but go ahead and keep going (laughs) and so then yeah so i watched up until season 20 which was heroes versus villains i love that season and then we moved to switzerland and we fell off watching it because we had american tv but it was really annoying like we had to use like slingbox and it was like to watch tv and it was really slow and like Mm -hmm. so we just fell off and then i got into it um back into it again I like almost like forgot it existed I knew it existed but I like was just like there's no way that's still on the air it just like left my brain for a while and then I the person I was dating at the time had never seen it and so I was like we're gonna watch every season of Survivor like let's just get back into it and I just fell in love with it again and then uh so that was in like December 2017 I think was when I started watching it again and then watched rewatch all this new seasons all the ones I had missed and caught up to uh, season 37, David vs. Goliath. And so I've been watching live uh, since then. I recently watched David vs. Goliath because of Mike White. For the folks at home yeah. who don't know, this is the season of Survivor that Mike White, the creator of White Lotus, writer of School of Rock, you know, Ned, uh, not Ned Schneebly. No, he is Ned Schneebly. Yes, Ned, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> embarrassing for me. Um, but yeah, so obviously I was drawn to watching that season and I watched it very recently. Oh my God. Amazing. I loved it. (laughs) Very awesome. Unfortunately, the person who won sucks. Mm -hmm. He is a terrible person. Um, but that is a great season otherwise. But yeah, that is, that was like one of the seasons in recent Survivor history that people tend to agree is like one of the better ones. Um, for season 40, which was the all winners season, I started writing episode recaps for Inside Survivor, uh, which was super fun and ended up being really great when COVID hit. It was something I could do pretty regularly. Kept writing throughout the pandemic. We did some lists and stuff, which was fun. And then I got more into tweeting about it. And then I got into Survivor podcasting. And that's kind of where we're at with it now. (laughs) Amazing. Okay, so Christine, 
what do you love about Survivor besides like I guess you've obviously been like watching it for a really long time but like what what sort of like what what's your connection to it deep inside yeah so this kind of <laughs> gets at what I hate about what the direction Survivor has gone in now mm-hmm. what's really interesting about Survivor and the way it developed was it was pitched as just like a survival show in the first season Borneo with the idea behind it was like people will just watch these strangers build a society and have to build a shelter and like it was they really did not think it was going to be a strategic game as much mm-hmm. and they thought that people would vote out the weakest people, the people who weren't contributing the most, and that it would be more the person who would win would be the person who was the best at surviving and the best at like building this new society. That was really what they like emphasized. And then at the merge vote of the first season, someone, people were like, let's form a voting block. Let's form an alliance. And you get this vote. It's a, one of the craziest votes ever in Survivor. And it's like the first merge vote is like four, one, 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 one. It was so, it was interesting. It was like the players creating the game as it went and developing the game as it went. Uh-huh. And there's this like, that's why I love watching old seasons of Survivor. Like you watch players like invent the game. And like that was, is what is incredible. It's just people interacting and social like strategy and just watching how that develops with different groups of people in different situations. One of my favorite seasons is season nine, Vanuatu. It is like just an incredible season of television. It's very polarizing because it's not very exciting in terms of like super crazy gameplay and your, your mind is blown, but it's just like amazing in terms of these storylines and these people and their relationships. And it's so satisfying. And you just get all these great conversations and interactions from very different people that would only happen on a show like Survivor. And now they throw in all these like doodads and like twists and Jeff's crazy ideas. <laughs> and it's like less about the people and their relationships and more about like, what can we do to make things weird? And so yeah, that was a very long convoluted answer, but that's what I love about it. It's like the people and the social interactions and like watching people like just invent a game as it went. That is what's so interesting to me, particularly about the early seasons. Yeah, I so obviously I haven't like watched like that much Survivor, but I get really confused when they throw in all of the extra stuff and the new rules and like the the fire tokens or whatever the hell it was. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, no. And Mike White, we have Mike White to thank for them going away. He told Jeff those are stupid. Get rid of them, and he, Jeff got rid of them. Uh, Mike White, we owe you so much. Yeah. <laughs> is there a season that you would recommend to somebody who like isn't a fan yet? I'm gonna always say start with an older school season uh, in general, just because you can see what the game used to be. Mm-hmm. Panama season uh, twelve. Panama is to me the peak of Survivor as social experiment. Uh, because in the second episode, they, they start with some tribes and the second episode, they do a schoolyard pick. So they let the to, the people pick their own tribes. Oh. And the greatest tribe of all time forms as just a, from that schoolyard pick. Like producers had nothing to do with it. People just picked each other and the most chaotic group of people possible got thrown together. I call Panama sitcom survivor. It is just people fighting and getting in stupid arguments. There's like a fire dancer, like white hippie woman, a, like a guy who like really loves martial arts, who makes a rock garden. There's like a yoga instructor from like California. There's a nurse. She's like, everyone here is crazy. There's a guy, Shane, <laughs> who quit smoking the day before he came out on Survivor. Oh no. And so he's like angry all the time. Like that is Survivor. And um, so yeah, Panama, season 12 Panama, start with that. If you want a newer season, I would recommend starting with Kaurong. 
Um, I think it's season 32. That is the new school season I would recommend starting with. But if you start with the old school season, start with Panama. Or just start from the beginning if you have a lot of time. But if you want something to hook you, Panama is a good start. I'm sold on Survivor Panama. You sold me. <laughs> Please like feel free to like live text me um, and like send me any thoughts. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> Um, okay. So, and you mentioned that you have had like some players on the podcast. Um, so I would love to hear like who you've had on and if you have like a dream guest or anything, like who you'd like to have on in the future. Yeah. So, I mean, um, with Bitter Jurors, with the main Bitter Jurors podcast. So I guess I can start talking about that now. <laughs> yeah. So Bitter Jurors for what it is, it is, um, Sam and Derek, um, had started it, um, years ago before they brought me in. I was a guest in their one of their in their first season they were doing it but it's a queer survivor super fan podcast it's just very like we try to have fun um and obviously we were very critical of the direction of the show uh, we talk a lot about the editing and stories and characters and stuff and just things we hate things we like um and so for this this is my first season as like a full-time bitter juror um and we got to have evie jagoda from uh uh survivor 41 which was super fun. Um, Kellen Bechtold from Survivor Ghost Island, uh, Nasir Mutalif uh, from Survivor 41. Um, and then um, last summer, before I became a full bitter juror, I did a rewatch podcast of Vanuatu called Stanawatu, <laughs> um, which was super fun. And that um, I just had different guests on each week to go through each episode of Vanuatu and talk about it. Um, and then it culminated in the finale, I got to have Eliza Orleans on who was on that season. Spoilers for Survivor Vanuatu. Stop <laughs> listening right now if you don't want to be kind of loosely spoiled on who makes it far. <laughs> she makes it to the finale. So I got to talk to her about an episode she was in. And she asked, like, I was going to ask her to come on, just do like a 20 minute interview after the season. She's like, no, I want to come on for a full episode. She's really hard to schedule with um, because she's a amazing person she's a public defender in manhattan follow her on twitter and instagram if you want to hear like a lot of updates about a like big legal thing going on she's very knowledgeable posts a lot about like police fuckery and anyway she's an incredible person but very busy and didn't ghost me but took a couple days to respond and then one day mm -hmm. was like i'm free at 5 p.m today can we do 5 p.m and i was just like <laughs> sure and i just had to like get ready and then talk to she's like a, an icon and like was an incredible person and so yeah getting to have her on was my dream so far I would say my dream guest um god there's so <laughs> so many I would at one point love to interview Amy Cusack who was on uh Survivor Vanuatu Survivor Vanuatu is notable for having like the first two out queer women mm -hmm. on Survivor and Amy is one of them I mean love to have Scout on as well but Amy is just and one of my favorite Survivor characters. And then Suri, uh, Suri Fields, I mean, would be the absolute dream. Uh, but I yeah. would be, that would be like talking, I don't even know. Like I would just be so strong <laughs> talking to Suri. <laughs> okay. And then I had one more thing that I wanted to ask you about Survivor. Mm -hmm. I know that a few years back you auditioned for Survivor. And I would be interested to hear more about like your thoughts going into that and like what the process was like and stuff like that. Yeah. So I did audition. I did uh, the first time I ever applied for survivor was, was so I applied in um, August, 2019. So the first step is make, you make a video um, just talking in front of a camera. They want you to really like before in like the older days, like you could 
do kind of like goofier, flashier videos. And you can still do those now, but really they just want to see you sit in front of a camera and talk. There's mm-hmm. a big emphasis on like storytelling now. Um, and so that was really fun to do. They want to know who you are, get an idea of how you'll play the game, but they don't want to hear like, here's what I'll win. They just want to, get, uh-huh. they want you to be real. And so I made one of those and making that tape was super fun. And I sent it in. And then about uh, two weeks later, I did get an email from a casting producer. <gasps> Obviously, I did not make it on the show, but that today, to date is one of the most exciting moments of my life of getting that email. I remember I was at work, we got it like right at noon from, I won't say your name, but the casting director's name and then Survivor Submission. And it was just like, oh my God. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then the next step was I had to pay, fill out like 20 pages of paperwork, like answering some pretty detailed questions about my life, like bi- bi- biographical things, but then also like, what's the thing you've done you're most ashamed about, you know? what survivor players have you seen that you hate? Like, which survivor players do you think you'd play the most like? Which one do you think you uh, relate to the most? And the stuff like how comfortable are you swimming in open water and stuff? And then so I just had to do all that. And then I had a, the weekend, she gave me three days to fill it out, turned it back in. And then I got ghosted after that. Um, that can mean a lot of things. That could just mm-hmm. mean I wasn't right at the right time. That could mean uh, they found someone who was just like a better fit for what they were looking for than me. Um, you, you can apply and then get ghosted and then not hear anything for years. There's a guy on 42, um, Zach Wartenberger. He like had applied years ago, heard nothing. And then one day just got a random call and got on the show. Like he hadn't even applied that year. I've heard that before that people like will just randomly get called being like, hey, can you be on Survivor in two days? Yeah, no. So that is like, it's rare, but there are people who like apply a year after year after year and then never make it. And then one year they just, uh, Chrissy Hoffbeck is the uh, the example everyone always gives. She was on Heroes versus Feelers versus Hustlers. And she applied religious. She was like a, applying since like season three or something. Never got on, never made much progress. And then one day she kind of aged into an archetype that was like they saw more fitting for her. She As she got older, she became like a mom and like she was an accountant. They, she cast her as like kind of more of like a cutthroat like businesswoman that she just maybe didn't fit into when she was younger. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many things. And it's, it's was an interesting process. I applied again this past year. I'm less enthusiastic about it now because I just, I'm really frustrated with like what they're doing to the show now. Mm-hmm. And I, I've also like come to terms with like, when I was a little kid, I just always really wanted to be a part of it in some way. Like I always like wanted to like, there were players I loved who was like, oh, I want to be their friend and I want to like talk to and like I want to like be a part of this in some way. And then last summer when I got to interview Eliza, that was kind of like, oh, I am a part of this. I'm like, I'm talking to Eliza Orleans. Like, yeah. And so I'm more at peace with just like, if I never make it on, that's fine. Um, and, but on the current season, I do know someone who's who made it. Um, she and I applied at the same time. She and I had played a, a survivor game on Discord together. Oh, I love um, that. Which is another thing I do. Um, and she we she won the season. We were like aligned together. She blindsided me, took out my ally. I tried to blindside <laughs> her and failed. And then she got me out and won. And now she's the star of the current season, Carolyn. So it's just been a joy to see her on it and see her make it. That's so cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you were on Survivor, what do you think would be like one of your strengths? So I think... I so I've played quite a few online Discord games and I have won two. <laughs> like not to brag, I've won two. I've played many <laughs> where I'm player of the season or fan favorite. Um, so 
I, I mean, obviously the preface here is that like Discord Survivor is so different from Real Survivor. It's like harder in some ways because mm-hmm. you're having to balance your real life and a really intense social game. Whereas when you're on Survivor, that's all you're doing. You don't have to worry about going to work and like, right. you know, doing those running errands. Um, but it's obviously so much easier in other ways because you are you can be at home. You can, you can just... If, you can sleep in a bed. <laughs> if someone's annoying you, you can just mute your phone and go to sleep. <laughs> you can like, you know, you don't have to like deal with it. So I recognize this does not mean it would translate translate um but i'm just so good at integrating myself into groups of people and to make striking a conversation with anyone this is again where i recognize me getting so excited and passionate about things is a strength i'm passionate about so many different like little things like i feel like i can make connections with lots of different kinds of people yeah i believe that and so i would say that's a big strength yeah, I, like i feel <laughs> like i could go into like most like tribe configurations like with most different kinds of people on the cast and probably like have a really good shot at like pretty well integrating myself into like a, a social situation there so i would say like my social and that's like when i play these games that's always been my strength i've always like been able to be really well insulated socially and then my downfall is eventually people realize like oh christina like everyone loves christine like we have to get rid of her um, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so like my 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 downside there was that would, would eventually make me too big of a target but the times i've mm-hmm. won i've been able to kind of mitigate that a bit um but you know i who knows about how they'll play out in the real show Uh uh-huh yeah just just thinking about you know you've lived in a lot of different places you've traveled to a lot of different places like as a musician you've kind of you've you've done like a little bit of the like nomad sort of thing yeah you're very social and also you're very smart so honestly in (laughs) many ways an ideal survivor contestant casting directors out there who are listening right now tell that to jeffrey (laughs) mr jeffrey probst i mean at this point i think there's no chance i get on because i talk so much shit about the show (laughs) production in particular and they but they let like they let like racists on the show so like they Uh clearly don't background check too much (laughs) you should take over for jeff when he decides that he doesn't want to do it anymore Listen, I would fix it. Like, <laughs> he, he is the root of, he is the big part, I will say, of so many problems with the show currently. Like, hand it to me, Jeff. I'll have it fixed in like a day. I'm kidding. It's like, you know, I recognize it's not an easy job, but, you know, he's he's walking a fine line with me. <laughs> How much time do you have? Because we're like, I I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I am going to ask you <laughs> one more question then. Slater Kinney meme group question mark. (laughs) Can you tell me just just give the people a background on what it is and and what it did for you? (laughs) Good Lord. All right. So in the year of our Lord 2016. Yeah, no, I did start the meme group when I was in Paris. Okay, I started when I was there. So in in like fall 2016, I was very but into like 2015-2016, I got very into the band Slater Kinney um they're like the reason I learned the drums like I just like she really changed me as a as a person and as a music appreciator and a musician um and I was just super into them I would make lots of funny tweets and stuff and then one time I was in like a group chat with some people and my friend Dio um uh was like you should just like make a Facebook group where you can post all your memes and I was like that's a, a great idea um so I made this Facebook group and it started off like 20 30 people and then over the course of a few years I think it's like 400 500 people maybe 
so it became like this like really growing thing like a lot of musicians were in it like people who book shows like it just became this like really interesting network of people and about these people like just got at it and like such funny memes we would do fashion poll march madness where we would like vote on the different slater kenny outfits um we got started a tipping controversy related to whether or not carrie brownstein tips oh my god I loved the tipping controversy. Tipgate. Tipgate. Um, I think about it often. It was incredible. <laughs> like, just, like, a lot of mischief. But, uh, yeah, and then led to me meeting so many people, um, like, so many friends. Um, like, I was, we were able to book a lot of that Spandrels tour we went on because of the group. I mean, like, we, you, your band opened for us. and like Yeah, we played um, together in Philly, and then you came to stay yeah. at my house. That was... My time, like, having a band was pretty short, mm-hmm. but there were some really, really special moments, and that show, that whole night, was one. That was a great show. It was Flory, Great Weights. Ursula was supposed to be on the show, but they had to drop, and then us, and it was just in an incredible, lovely little space. That was that was the hardest show of that tour to book. It was so hard to book a show in Philly, and I, I was yeah. responsible for booking that one. And I was just when it came together, it was amazing. You did an amazing job. That was <laughs> that was a, a star of a night. <laughs> but yeah, so the group just brought so much. And then like of course when Janet left Slater Kinney, that was like that day was insane and then it's Slater can you support group like yeah like the group it still exists but no one uses Facebook anymore no one cares about Slater Kinney anymore like we all have very (laughs) negative opinions about Slater Kinney now but it's such like sometimes like I just like think back to it I need to like go back and archive because if Facebook goes down or they just delete groups one day like we're gonna lose like a ton of history (laughs) yeah and sometimes sometimes I get really embarrassed about how archival facebook can be and i'll see mm-hmm. something that i posted like 10 years ago and i'll be like mm, i don't know if i want this in the ether anymore and i'll delete it yeah like and i get that way about the some of the stuff in the group sometimes i'm like oh some of this is probably really embarrassing and i almost don't want to go like look at it or like you know see what's in there um but I mean, it was an important time and it just, I met so many people like, and there are people today where it's like, God, I, when I think about the amount of people I met there and like, I was just, that's always been something important to me about like, as someone existing on the internet, like creating community, that was something I really got to see with Derek. Before I joined Bitter Jurors, like proper, we had an offshoot podcast called The Shot to Play Gays, which we're still going to do stuff with, but we did a episode by episode uh, you know, analysis of the anime Revolutionary Girl Utena, which is a TV show that absolutely changed my life, like the most profoundly impactful work of art I've ever engaged with. And we did that. And we started that just for like, we just want to talk about it. And like, it's a really dense show. We just wanted to have space to like analyze it together. And then we just thought maybe like 10 people would listen, but like we had hundreds of listeners. We would get like so many messages of people being like, thank you for this podcast. Like I listened to it all the, on all my drives. You guys are like my friends. Like, and that was like, oh my God, like I, we weren't setting out to create a community, but we ended up doing that a bit. Um, and we're going to do some stuff with it this summer. There's some live action musicals we can cover <laughs> that we haven't yet, but it's just like, that's always been important to me in the the group was a very chaotic version of that. <laughs> I would say maybe like chaotic evil version of that, but it did that nonetheless. Like I think it meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah, the community is really just like there's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like especially for um like TV shows or like some type of like long form content like that where it's like 
I want to talk to somebody about this, but like who? Um, Mm -hmm. Like for me specifically, I am in my Yellow Jackets era, but I really don't know that many people who are also watching it that I feel like I could like message and talk to. Mm -hmm. I've been like doing a lot of, I've been spending a lot of time on the Yellow Jackets Reddit. Um, (laughs) Like if I had screen time enabled specifically for the Yellow Jackets Reddit, that would be embarrassing for me to see how long I've been on it. Like when you're like that passionate about something, you just like crave the community for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's something, yeah, that's something we kind of lo- lost with like the more like decentralized social media, like with Twitter now, like it's just also decentralized. Like there's just not yeah. that same space. Like now we lost like old school forums. I mean, those they exist in some places, but like, as like a central place it's certainly gone and that's it's so it's hard when we find that the those ways to have community like and like talk about the same thing that's like really exciting i just had a memory you, you bringing up yellow jackets i do remember didn't like at early on in covid we like had to we were both trying to watch the mayor of east town finale yeah and we oh were my both God. having problems <laughs> with hbo and then we were like live texting it together because we neither of us could get it to work that is so funny yeah that was um that was a time i think that was one of my first times watching a tv show and being like oh i really like this feeling of mm-hmm. it feels like everybody on Twitter is like watching this with me. Yeah, and I remember that was like why we texted. We were like, we want to like be able to like talk to someone as it's airing, and then we both couldn't like because it was like HBO like Max like crashed or something. <laughs> and I just that's a very fond memory. Like I'd forgotten that that ever like that was a very fun like earlier like COVID memory. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I love that. <laughs> All right, Christine. We have reached the end of the podcast, and we only have one thing that you hate about you. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to bully you and pressure you into coming up with the remaining nine things that you hate about yourself. And then when we're done, I will do a dramatic reading. Fantastic. Um, Okay. Number two, one thing you hate about yourself. I am prone to catastrophizing. Mm, yep you brought that up earlier yeah it's something I'm continually working on um but trying to get a little better at recognizing what's in my control and what's not in my control yeah so yeah just kind of try not to like jump to the big picture of like everything's gonna be awful if this thing happens yeah Um, just like okay what is in my control what can I do right now and what are the immediate impacts of it yeah. Um, and it's usually not that bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm also a catastrophizer. And it can be so hard because, like, when you try to, like, get yourself out of it, you're like, okay, but what if it happens? No, no, exactly. It's like, <laughs> I'm just like, no, me, my therapist will get into an argument, not in an argument, but he'll be like, you know, like, that's okay. So that's catastrophizing. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm just being prepared. Like, if yeah. I prepare for the worst and then it doesn't happen, then it's great. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's not helpful energy to be dispensing <laughs> when you could just be present in the moment. I'm like, well, I want to be prepared. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I was also prepared when I was eight years old, figuring out where the exits are in the classroom just in case something bad happens. Like, that's like, okay, you're prepared, but mm-hmm. that's not healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, certainly not for an eight year old. <laughs> All right. Number three I have really terrible balance. 
Um, and this is something I particularly hate about myself because it's something that might be playing into my mm-hmm. chronic pain situation. Still working it out, the source, but it is a hypothesis because I've always had really bad, kind of like lopsided balance, mm-hmm. and that could be causing some of like the muscular problems I'm having. And so I'm really working on like targeting that, but it's really frustrating. Yeah. Do you fall a lot? Yeah, I don't fall a lot. I just like I'll do like I notice this a lot. I'll be like standing and like just kind of like tilt and like almost like fall <laughs> like and it's just like I would just be standing up and that'll happen. Yeah, I do that too. Like you're just like standing still and then you're like whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like not like a dizziness thing. It's not like a vertigo thing. It's just like like literally the physical balance of my body is super off and it's just I think it's one side of my body is just like a little weaker than the other. Yeah, but we're working on it. We're in the gym. We are targeting those isometric uh one-sided exercises we love to see it all right number four i don't floss this was like an example you gave in the email but i just went to the dentist and she was like girl you need to floss i'm like i do but i i, I just don't do it consistently and so it doesn't really matter if you don't do it consistently. yeah um our very first guest Cassandra Curiezis, mm-hmm. she brought up this as one of her things she hates that she doesn't floss and i suggested cocoa floss which is my favorite kind of floss because it's very thick and very scrubby. I'm going to write that down. I really love it. And uh, a point of of contention in my episode with Cassandra was that they only sell online and she doesn't like to buy stuff online. But they recently started selling it at CVS. Okay. I don't... Do they have CVS in... No. We have Jean Coutou (laughs) and Pharmaprix. Maybe I'll mail you some. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I guess I suppose Cocoa Floss maybe not the most helpful for you, but for any listeners out there, there's the big update. It's at CVS now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, number five. I'm sometimes a really bad texter. Mm-hmm. I'll either reply to you right away, or it's you're you're not getting a text back. You were a good texter when we were watching Mayor of East Town. <laughs> yeah, I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number six. Okay. Um, oh, <laughs> I care too much about fucking Modern Survivor. I get so mad about it every week. And I like every week I'm like, maybe I won't get as mad. And then I just like keep it just keeps happening. <laughs> like I'd last week. I'm really pissed about last, this past episode of Survivor. It was so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Number seven. I don't read enough. Mm-hmm. I was a big reader when I was a kid. I'm. I'm now that I'm done with grad school, I'm hoping that's getting back into it um but it's just something that's yeah I just don't read enough and I really used to love it yeah me too I used to like get in trouble because instead of going to bed I would like have my lamp on and just be reading my books and my parents would be like we are literally begging you to go to bed yeah (laughs) um number eight um I do not ask for help when I need it I'm like very hesitant um to like when I'm really struggling with something to like be like honest about that yeah asking for help is so hard Mm -hmm. like I don't want to be a burden I don't want to be seen as like weak it's more the burden thing like I don't want people to worry about me (laughs) or like dispense energy for my cause yeah I I have this one friend maybe she'll listen to this episode because she's a big survivor fan hell yeah she is the person that does me like a lot of favors and helps me with a lot of things um helps me take Simba to the vet um helps with like errands that I need to run and stuff like that and I always feel really bad when I have to ask her for like another thing but she always says we're here to help each other Mm. and that makes me feel better oh 
<laughs> That's really sweet. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, it really it really makes me feel better as somebody who also has a hard time asking for help. Yeah, that's just a very nice sentiment. Um, okay, so number nine, I just, whenever I feel like a little vulnerable, I just immediately start crying. Me too. I hate it. I hate it so much. And I have to be like, I'm not upset. I'm not sad. I'm just feeling vulnerable. Yeah. Um, okay. And finally, number 10. Overall, I just worry too much. Mm-hmm. I should spend less time worrying. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. Um, but I just spend too much time worrying about things that ultimately don't matter. I spend too much time worrying about things that don't matter. Why did it take me a thousand years to type that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That one was real special. <laughs> All right, Christine. So now that we have our list of 10 things, I am going to go ahead and read them all out loud to you. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one, I hate that I am annoying when I get excited about something. Number two, I hate that I am prone to catastrophizing. Number three, I hate that I have terrible balance. Number four. I hate that I don't floss. Number five, I hate that I'm a bad texter. Number six, I hate that I care too much about modern survivor. Number seven, I hate that I don't read enough. Number eight, I hate that I don't ask for help. Number nine, I hate that I cry when I feel vulnerable. And number 10, I hate that I spend too much time worrying about things that don't matter. Christine, how do you feel after hearing all of those things in a row? I mean, yeah, no, it's really funny because it's like, I like, I'm like, yeah, I guess all those things are true, but they're all like, I mean, a lot of these things are very silly. (laughs) Um, And like some of them obviously more like, they're all sincere, but some of them more like legitimately like things that bother mm-hmm. me about like my day to day life. But it just I like was laughing as you're reading them because it's just funny to like that's just it's like I don't need to like hate all those things. Mm-hmm. Like some of these things I'm just like can be at peace with or like try to do things to like, you know, there's some of those things are things I can like actively work to like address. Like I can just read more. Like I yeah. can just, you know, floss sometimes. Um and like I don't have to like live in that hate of it yeah yeah that's what I love about this this whole list thing like there are some things where you're like Mm -hmm. I could work on that and then there are some things where you're like I actually don't care enough to work on that (laughs) I don't like it but I accept it (laughs) and that's gonna be the modern survivor one because I'm gonna keep watching (laughs) it until it gets canceled I'm gonna get upset every week yeah (laughs) All right, so that takes us to our final segment. So what do you want me to do about that? <laughs> Where you assign me homework for the upcoming week, which can be any task that you think could help me feel good and hate myself a little bit less. First, I'm going to talk about how last week's homework went. Our previous guest, Ben Wasserman, said I should read two chapters. And then as a little bonus, take a bath. Take a nice little bath. And... I did not read two chapters, but I read one. <laughs> I read one. So there you go. I, I, I met I met the goal halfway. And then for the bonus goal, taking a bath, 
did not take the bath, but it is on my list of things to do in the future. You thought about taking a bath. I thought about taking a bath and I said, um, because when we were talking about it, I was like, I feel like a bath is a whole production. You have to get like the bath bomb. And mm-hmm. then it's like, what do you do when you're in the bathtub? And then like another thing is I don't like, I realized this after, I don't like like laying in the tub because the tub is like hard, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that comfortable. No, like people who can be in the bath for like four hours and like, how? That's, that's crazy like- to me. That's, that's that's not possible. Like, that's to me. Un- they're unwell. <laughs> like I do enjoy a bath. I take baths pretty frequently, but like not like for very long. Like max at like an hour. I'm out. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, but I decided I'm going to um buy some bath bombs that intrigue me. I don't have to use them immediately. And I was like, I think maybe I might even buy some like Mr. Bubble. Did you ever use Mr. Bubble when you were a kid? Mm-mm. Mr. Bubble is just like a classic little guy. And I remember when I was a kid, I'd be so excited to take a bubble bath with my Mr. Bubble whenever my mom would like let me. <laughs> um, mm. So I was like, I think maybe now that I'm a grown up and I can buy whatever the hell I want to and do whatever I want to, I might spend a little money on some Mr. Bubble. <laughs> Buy yourself some Mr. Bubble. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. So last week's homework, Mm. I'm glad that I got it, even if I did not uh, meet the goal completely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, Christine, what do you want me to do for this coming week? Yeah, so like, I don't know, like this would just be like something like if you have a moment where you're like really frustrated with yourself or like. I don't know. This is something I do. I'm trying to do more when I'm like mad at myself for a mistake or uh, fucking up or like whatever. Just moment of feeling down. Um, I try to look at like a. This is so it feels really silly, but like like a baby picture of myself. Um, like, and it's like it's also something I do like when I'm like maybe not taking care of myself as well as I could. Um, and just be like, okay, like. I might be fr- like I need to be nice to her like I need to like take care of her because yeah. <laughs> oh like God. it's like something I've started doing kind of because it's just my my there are a couple baby pictures my fiance thinks are really cute so she put them on the fridge and so I do see them pretty frequently and um I try to do the same with her too she has some pictures of her like just be like if she's ever like be like you gotta you know be nice to little you and it's a very silly like inner child thing but I do think it's like we're all just like big babies like walking around the world like obviously we need to be responsible for our actions and stuff but like also we're just like deep trying to all trying to figure it out we really are just all big babies yeah yeah and this is something that I've talked on the podcast before um treating yourself like a little baby Mm-hmm. That needs to be taken care of. Um, I love that you said that because, like, first of all, I do get mad at myself a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I always feel weird every week when I'm, like, um, something to make me hate myself a little bit less because I don't think of it as, like, hating myself. But it is, like, I am very hard on myself. I get very angry mm-hmm. with myself about things. Like, that's more, like, what it is. So Yeah, um, exactly. So that is definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the part two of that is – Maybe like a month or two ago, I changed the background on my phone because it used to be a picture of Simba, mm-hmm. but I changed it to be a picture of me as a kid. It's it's the picture Perfect. that is um, the cover for the Susie Durkins EP that yeah, we okay. released. Um, okay. That's and perfect. it felt weird at first to have like a little picture of me as a kid as my phone background. But now I'm just like, I I love seeing it. 
it reminds me of the EP, which makes me feel like really proud. It reminds mm-hmm. me of, um, I don't know, just makes me think a lot of things every time that I see it. And it's, it's been a really positive change. Mm-hmm. So I really, really love this tip. I think that, um, I think that you hear a lot about like inner child stuff and it's easy to be like, uh, yeah, okay, whatever. I don't know what that is. But the more that I try to embrace it with like the little pictures and like doing the things that I would have wanted to do as a kid, like with the Mr. Bubble, like that is, yeah, those are some really easy things to do where you can be like, this is awesome. I love my life. I love being able to do stuff for the kid that I used to be, you know, that kind of thing. Mm hmm. So thank you. <laughs> Yay. That's perfect. You got it on your phone. So if you're on the go, you just take a look. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right, Christine, we are at the end of the episode. Where can we follow you on social? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at the Xteen Files um, and then on Twitter at Xteen underscore files. So no V. I'm not super, super active on Instagram, but I'm pretty active on Twitter. I tweet about, I will live tweet Survivor um, when it happens. I've been doing that more on the Bitter Jurors account, but I just post about Survivor and lots of different things. Um, if you want to listen to a queer Survivor Superfan podcast, uh, Bitter Jurors, um, at Bitter Jurors Pod on Twitter, um, we have, it's sometimes just us, sometimes we have former players come on, talk to us about the current season, other survivor commentators come on, um, and writers. And so, um, you can do that. And in the off season, sometimes Sam and Derek are, co- they've been covering, they did Avatar and now they're doing Legend of Korra in the off season. So there's that. Um, and then I, if you want to listen back to my season of Stanawatu, where I talk about a spoiler-free rewatch of, Sta- of Vanuatu. Just called Stanawatu at Stanawatu Pod. Um, that was super fun. Um, and then yeah, the Shadow Play Gaze. I we're not really active with it right now because we finished the show. Um, but I'm super super proud of what Derek and I did. Um, Revolutionary Utena is like one of the most incredible series you will ever watch. You can watch it for free. so watch Revolutionary. I want to plug watching Revolutionary Girl Utena uh, for free on YouTube. It is in free, <laughs> subbed and dubbed. Um, there's just 39 episodes and a movie. It's totally worth it. Some heavier content. So like, you know, if you feel like you might want to check out some trigger warnings, there's some stuff on that, but it is a beautiful series. So watch that. Listen to the Shadow Play Gaze. Follow that account at the Shadow Play Gaze because we are going to do some stuff this summer. And then you can read my writing on Inside Survivor. Um, right now, currently, uh, every week, Gia Worthy and I are doing a little column recapping the week's episode and giving our thoughts. And then I wrote a couple, I wrote like a, I've been watching Survivor Quebec so I'm like, if you want to learn about Survivor Quebec, I did have an article about the premiere. And then when that season ends in June, I will be writing up a wrap up. But yeah, so yeah, that's all my all the places you can find me. Amazing. Christine, you are a star. Thank you so much for being <laughs> on the podcast with me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of 10 Things I Hate About Me. Follow the podcast at 10 Things I Hate About Me pod. Let me know what you hate about yourself. Okay, love you. Bye.